holidays. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you all for your generosity. So, um, without further ado, yeah, yeah, just go ahead. So, what we're doing here today is some of us are going to summarize some of the most highlights. That's why we started out early with some of you sharing what God has done. It has been so rich. It has been a different year. There's been such treasure from heaven. Um, here, as in heaven, we've had a rich banqueting table set before us. And I, so stand by, Seth, because you're coming up here. Uh, I really had wanted all of you, um, is this mine here? Uh, I really wanted all of you, uh, all of the ministries, but some of them had to fly out early today, and I thought some of them would at least be here quickly before we started. Um, I just, I'm not going to go over the entire feast, but I do want to say something. The first day, the, it was a week ago today, well, today's the eighth day, Bob Sorge spoke, and each of his sermons, I'm telling you, just take the time, get on BuzzFeed, go to our Facebook page. You can click on, you can watch them in person. It was from heaven. These words were from heaven. They were from the Holy Spirit. They were God speaking to us. And the first night, I don't really know. I titled it in my notes, so I don't really know what they titled it on BuzzFeed, but it would be October 3rd, and it was sent last Sunday morning. Um, but I titled it when in my notes, Sometimes We Need Trials. And all of us are trying to run from those, right? We're putting the blood of Jesus, like, keep the trials and keep the tribulations away from it. But that, saints of God, we grow in the trials. We grow our greatest steps of growth in the tribulation and the trials that come into our lives. What you either grow or you get snuffed out. So it's your decision. And I have determined I won't be a victim of a trial. I will be an overcomer. That is the we, we can't blame it on this and blame it on I will overcome as he has overcome. He said, don't fear the world. I have overcome the world. And he, I've got his DNA. And I, if I don't know how to do it, that's where I go. I start groaning. I don't know how you did this. I know you faced this. I know you did it well. You did it. You've got to show me how you did it. And I get in there till he speaks to me. And I won't let him go without an answer. I'm like Jacob. I won't let go of that angel. That angel might say, you know, let go of me. You know, you're really bugging me. No. No, I'm not letting you go until you speak and you show me the way that is righteousness. That puts a smile on your face. I, I come in here to worship to put a smile on God's face. I'm not here to put a smile on your face. I'm really not. That's not my job. That's between you and God. But I come in here to put a smile, that he smiles. I've, I've seen it in the spirit. I've never seen the face of God himself, Abba. But I know it by the spirit when he's smiling. You know? When he smiles upon us. And when he's rejoicing over love. And he's singing over us. And he's just overjoyed. And he's been doing a lot of that this week. 
even in the midst of a trial that may have hit you this week. I've had things happen this week. It's been so intense for months on every level. And you know, and right when you think you're at the verge, I'm not a big baby crier. If you see tears in my eyes, it's either because Jesus is overwhelming my heart or I've just reached the spillover moment of crushing, of crushing. That first day, in sometimes we need trials. I want to give you scripture and verse for that. That's First Peter. That is First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. If anybody brings that up, you can jump up and run up here and read it because I didn't bring my glasses or my Bible over here. But if you get that, I'll have you read it because we don't have it on the overhead. But it is a word that Peter told us sometimes you've just got to have some trials. And then in that word, Bob Sorge spoke about the vineyards. And the Lord, before we had this feast, he said, Kathy, this is the harvest season for grapes right now, folks. If you haven't noticed, there's fresh grapes all over this altar. Somebody brought those in. That wasn't part of our decorations. God spoke to somebody to go get grapes and put them on the altar. And that was on there. And here's this word that comes about God's making wine. He's making new wine. You, he's, he's expanding your wine skin so it won't rupture under the pressure of new wine. Come on. You've got to be supple. You've got to be flexible because things are not going to be the way they were. They are not right now. I mean, if you haven't figured that out since the beginning of this year, that things are not going to be. Nothing is going back to normal, and God doesn't want it to. God does not want it to go back to what we think is the normal. It was funny. Somebody told me our thermometer was reading everybody low, and, and we needed to adjust it and do all this stuff. And maybe it is. I don't know what's going on with that because I'm not the techie here on that. But nothing is going to go back to an old normal. God is setting a new temperature. And for you and me, one night, it was so awesome if you didn't hear this, one night, I can't remember who told, oh, it was Tina. She walked out, it was just after worship, and so that thing's been reading temperatures low on everybody, and you know, they were having to use the little gun thing. And she went out into the entranceway, and the thing was talking, you know, it talks to you and tells you what's going on and who passed and who didn't. And then there's big alarm if you didn't pass. But the alarm wasn't going off. The thing, I wish Sean Wilder was here to verify this because he's an engineer and he, like, knows all about that machine inside and out. And we told him about it after. And she said it was saying, too hot, too hot, too hot, temperature high, temperature high, too hot, too hot, temperature high, temperature high. And she's looking around. There's nobody out there. She was the first one out there after we were coming to the end before the word in transition. And she looked all around. And when she peeked around to see what the temperature was reading, it was two, two, there's five digits on it. It was 222.22. Now, I haven't been able to go and research it, but I'm going to because this was saying something. So we told Sean about it, and he said, He's like, he goes like this, and he turns around, and, and he's like, okay, so number one, it's not even programmed to say those words, too hot, okay? 
It's not even programmed to deliver that message. So God was speaking. He speaks in everything. He speaks in his creation. He speaks in everything. He speaks to you. He speaks in nature. He speaks. If you, Some people tell me they don't hear from God, but I'm telling you, you do. You just don't know it yet. Stay with him face to face. And let me speak those words. I'm going to shut this down in a minute, but I want to tell you something. And I don't forget it. This year we will experience more trials. There are more trials coming. And the reason is because that presses you. I experienced it this morning at my house. And, you know, sometimes we can get into things uh, like uh, some somebody... Uh, my sister was brought to tears yesterday at her outreach, you know, because somebody said something that pierced her heart. Somebody else was really being pressed, and they were hurt by words that came to them. Our words are powerful. Betty Green talked about words. She talked about those thoughts. Your mind, we need the mind of God right now. We need the mind of God. And when you're outside this temple and your own human brain isn't working, I can't, uh, you can't imagine how the freedom of the mind of Christ that's in you. If you could step out of this bodysuit, I have experienced this in heaven. What the mind of God, without the restrictions of this tent, this temple that we reside in. But I experienced just before God pressed some new wine, Lonnie was there. He was a witness. And heaven was there. And the Holy Spirit was there. It happened in my home today. And God was pressing. And he was down. It was when the press gets down to the last drop that's going to come out of the grapes. And, and, and we were having a little meeting. And God was pressing. And it looked like, oh, there's nothing else. There's <laughs> We, that bottle isn't full yet. You need a little bit more in that bottle, you know. And, and God was like, no, I'm pressing some more. And he pressed some more. And my tears were coming over. I was on overflow. You know, sometimes we wound each other unintentionally. We had no idea that we hurt somebody. Or we misinterpret an action that we had nothing to do. You know, the devil's right there. To destroy and steal. And God pressed. And we stayed at it until he was pleased and said, okay, I got the last drop out of those grapes. And I'm smiling now. I'm pleased. And I saw the label. I saw the label on the body bottle by the time I walked to church. And, it, and I was here a little late. Uh, but that was so important, I didn't care how late I was. I didn't care if I even showed up at the service because God wanted that. It had to happen. And he had to get the last drop out. And when I, by the time I got here, I saw the label on that vintage bottle. Some of you don't know this word. I'm telling you, you've got to get that word. You're going to hear this. It's going to be life to you. You're going to live on what God was speaking that day and all these days of the feast. No speaker spoke anything more. I'm just taking that first day being the message and what I just experienced. And the name of that bottle was a vintage. It was vintage. We learned what vintage wines mean. It doesn't mean it's a special grape. It can be a know-nothing grape. 
It is produced from a year like none other. There could be droughts. There could be everything else. And the roots and the vine has to go in a deeper place to produce a vintage wine. They'll never get it again because the circumstances were just right that day to produce this expensive vintage wine. And the label of that bottle was perfect love. Perfect love. Perfect love cast out all fear. It was perfection. He said it was perfect. And we had just had a perfect love moment. And so with those that I was sharing that moment with, through all of us thrown in together. So that's what I want to leave you with. God is crushing us. And if you're in a crushing trial moment with relationships, it could be husband, wife, it's to get, it's to produce the new wine of the kingdom. So who do you want to come up here yet? Seth, I hope that blessed you as a good reminder about that word. Amen. I thank all the ministries, they were, it was powerful. So, Seth, if you just share some of what you had, Lonnie's going to share. Any, uh, Deb, if you have anything to share, and if anybody just chat, chat. Oh, finish with Chad? Okay. Okay, thank you. Amen. So powerful. Uh, I'm just uh, humbled again every time I'm with every single one of you, and uh, I really, really do mean that with a sincere heart. And uh, just over the course of the week, um, I just felt this in my spirit as I was learning that I was going to come up here and just share my reflections. But, you know, be ready in and out of season. I, I you know, I'm, I am ready in, in, in and out of season, you know. Um, I just had some thoughts going to my mind, so that's why I paused for a second. But uh, as I was reflecting what I heard in my spirit was uh, the Lord was putting first things first again. And uh, it may seem like really simple things, but they're, they're really serious things to the Lord, especially as the day approaches and, and we feel these shifts happen and we feel the shakings happen. I, th I just feel this, this uh, urgency uh, both in my, my own life to to reflect on my own life with sobriety and, and honesty to realize where I'm really at. You know, not, not just the front that I have at church or my reputation. Jesus was a man of no reputation, right? So, so man could give me their applause. Man could uh, say, man, Seth is a good guy, stand-up guy. But when I look into the, the word, where is my temperature at? And, and so, and, and it's that series of an hour, but also... But also, um, as a minister of the gospel, I, I feel a sobriety uh, where uh, before we could be subject to fear of man and, and, and not wanting to go there. And right now, you know, we're, we are in such a divisive state in our nation where just like the narrative is just trying to pin us against one another. And it's, it's easy just to want to stay neutral and not shake the boat 
or, or, or be labeled a certain thing that you're really not, and, and that's not what you stand for. Uh, just because you stand for a certain uh, issue. Um, but there's a sobriety of what what does God say? <laughs> like we have our opinions, we have our thoughts towards different subjects. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So we can have our opinions, and that's that's our right as Americans. But but the sobering thing as a minister of the gospel is to set men before the Lord and say, in and, 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 and approval way, and form Christ within them, saying, your decisions really do matter, <laughs> and your opinions really do matter. And, and, and he is the judge over all the universe. He's so merciful. He's so loving. And, and he's amazing, but he is also severe. <laughs> and he's also righteous. And he also holds the plumb plumb line of morality. So if you want morality, if you want true morality, look to him. Look to him. I'm not saying just go with every other evangelical circle. Look to him. Search his scripture. Examine them um, with sobriety because you will stand before him one day. And so I, I just been feeling this increase, increase, and I heard in my spirit, first things first. And I, I, I want to leave us with this challenge over the next year. I really felt like the Lord was stressing the secret place. And, and no matter how long we've been serving the Lord or uh, and just how many times we've, we've sought after him, it is time, it is the hour to seek his face. There's a scripture in the Psalms where it says, uh, you will say to me, seek my face. My heart will respond. Your face I will seek. I believe it's that kind of an hour right now where uh, the way we, uh, we, we stay awake is we seek his face. We allow his face to shine upon us. We get oil from that place. Number two, the relationships that we have with one another. I feel like that needs to be bumped up to the highest priority because so often we, we make so many other things high priority. When when relationships are some of the most valuable, it, it I'm, I'm going to scratch that, it is the most valuable things you will possess here on the earth. Valuable, most valuable things. They will last for eternity. We will not only just be friends during the feast, during this age, we will be friends for ages to come because we, we hold. And so like, all these other petty little things of this person offended me and this person. Man, we we really need to. Uh, it's, it's the commandment of the Lord. And all throughout the epistles, he's stressing, keep the unity of the faith. Keep the unity of the faith. He's not stressing, make sure your youth programs are in line and make sure you're, you're feeding the poor. The number one thing written throughout the New Testament was your relationship with one another. It was very, very important to the Lord. And I felt like the Lord was saying, beyond everything else, I, I'll just say this. I, You know, anytime I got up to this uh, pulpit, like uh, over the over the course of the, over the week, during worship, uh, there was a couple times the Lord was challenging my heart, saying, don't just bring the, the message. I want you to look into the eyes of, 
of the audience. And I want you to love them as you preach them in sincerity because it's so easy just to do ministry and, and lose sight of why we're even doing ministry. And, and the Lord was challenging me saying, do you want to be a ring gong <laughs> or do you want a, a sound that will reach the ears of heaven that heaven approved? And, and it, he was challenging my own heart before I even deliver the message. I don't care what I could deliver, but did I deliver it in love and, and, and unity with the body? So I'm, I'm bringing something of substance, right? And I, I, I felt like the Lord was stressing that. And then number three, the Lord is stressing reaching out to the community. And I was just so blown away by yesterday in the way, like I, I, I want to toot. Ben's horn, I heard he was out there praying for people, and and it just, it, it delights my heart so much to know that uh, this church isn't just focused inward, but that uh, we're actually, we're taking the oil, we're loving one another, but we're not just staying there. We're, 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 we're communicating these things so that we're inviting people into this fellowship and into the fellowship of the divine. Amen. I, I feel like if you carry those three things and you make those three things priority, you'll look back and say, the Lord did something amazing in 2020. It was difficult, but my life is, is just completely transformed because I just I kept these three things that he communicated during the feast. Amen. Beautiful. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bob Sorge said the most important thing, most important word in the whole Bible is to hear. And so I really ask you, because on the website you can go to the Buzzsprout. Buzz we keep calling it Buzzfeed. It's Buzzsprout. But they're also on YouTube. Set yourself aside and listen. Let the word go beyond the enmity go right into your heart and you have to rehearse it if you have to rehearse it the date's next year October 21st through the 28th begin to prepare yourself <clears throat> it's been said this nation is not going back to where it was and if we understand even the Jesus movement and all the things that has transpired the latter will be greater than the former this nation will be greater in the name and under the name of Jesus than it ever has before because it will fulfill its intent. But it's going to take a church that stands before his face and cries out for this nation. And so as we prepare, and I'm going to have Chad just whatever he was going to say. Um, somehow Allow your world to change. Everything that you and I were brought into, raised up in, that includes the doctrines of men, the forms of religion that have formed our mindsets. Would you just have that communion with the Holy Spirit as you're listening to these words that have come? Because when you hear something, and because of our upbringing, both in our childhood, in the church, things are triggered. There are certain things that are just pushed out as not as truth. We filter things the way we want to understand them and the way they fit into our world. 
is all of us are looking at me right now, and each one of you are seeing me very differently. You're seeing me through your world. And so I believe it's going to be extremely important that we're talking about a transparency. We're talking about hearing. You know what? Jesus had a single eye and a single ear. He only said what he heard the Father saying. And he only did what he saw the Father doing. And listen to what Jesus said. Father, as you sent me into the world, I send them. He's the first of many brethren. So what does that mean? We'll have the ability to singly hear, singly see as sons and daughters. Father, make them perfect as you and I are perfect. These aren't my words. This isn't the doctrines of men. This is the words of the Father. And so when there's a sobriety, you know what? There's such freedom and joy. When we reach into that place that we hear what he's saying and we're not influenced by the voices of others because we know the voice of the shepherd. But what's so wonderful now is, is that we keep sensing transitions, and I hope you know this in your personal experience. It's one thing to be in the very presence of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has got things moving, there's epicoriego, and everything's flowing. But when Jesus comes in, there's something different, because all the Holy Spirit does is he just reveals Jesus. And all of a sudden, you begin to see this koinia, this this union, this intimacy that begins, to, this, this love setting begins to take place. And then what happens when the Father shows up? Because Jesus just reveals the Father. And if you sense the severity or the sobriety, that's when Daddy steps in the room. We sing about Jesus stepping in the room. Any of you that had a dad that walked in authority? <laughs> when Dad walked in the room, everything stopped. No fooling around. You didn't chase each other around the room. Right, right? You weren't hollering and screaming. It was just like, oh, wait a minute. Dad just walked. And see, our intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit is vital. It's only he can empower us, give us eyes to see the Lord Jesus and really understand the power of the blood. But yet Jesus, when we come to his presence in that love affair and the bridegroom, there's nothing like it. Jesus said, I'm not good. Nothing good in me. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is what this is all about. It's about walking once again what we were created to do. Let's have an intimate relationship with our Father. Look at Enoch. Why would the Father just draw him to himself? This man, he was his friend. He had a relationship with the Father. And so I just want to chat if you would come up. Yeah. Uh, we're just having a little bit of a... It's quiet so we can hear. So we're hearing with our natural senses. But I want to remind you, you have a spiritual ear. Inside this tent, this physical body, you have an entire body. The spiritual has all the senses that you have in this body. Your children and mom and dad said, go, go in the other room. Mom and I are going to have it. We need to talk about some things. 
your room could be at the other end of the house up on the third floor and they're talking on the first but somehow you as children began to learn you have a spiritual ear because that ear would get big and you'd be stretching it around and it would go down the stairs it would go around the corners and you'd be listening 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 for what they were talking about are you with me this is the year that your spiritual ear gets gigantic and it overrides what you hear in the natural realms. Now some of what you're going to hear is that sobriety that Seth was talking about. He's coming this year to use various methods. When you hear God correcting you when you hear the Holy Spirit nudging you in the right way from a way you might be going in an opposite way God gave this word just before the feast began he's not here to condemn you it is not condemnation your father does not come to you to condemn you because he sees you're his son you're his child he comes with the voice of correction to get us from wasting enormous amounts of time that is precious right now because time doesn't exist in heaven, but it does for us, and there's appointed times here on earth. And so God is coming to correct your path. So when you hear the Father's voice like that, that is conviction. If you feel something in your heart, Cast out all condemnation because the word of God says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's none. It's zero. It doesn't exist. If you hear condemnation, that's, where's that coming from? It's not coming from Abba. It's not coming from Father. It's not coming from the Holy Spirit. But conviction exists. And sometimes we run from conviction. We don't want, when he's after our heart, doesn't he? He comes to convict us. When you start feeling corrected and convicted, if that's what you're feeling, you know, cast off condemnation, but lay hold of conviction. For I have been praying for you. I've been praying those illegal and dangerous prayers for my children, for my family, for months. We knew that this year we would be called to another level of purity in our hearts, in the affections of our hearts, body, soul, and spirit. That face-to-face -face that Seth just spoke about. Don't run from that experience. Run to him. I love that he said that's where we purchase the oil. That's how you become the virgin of God with the oil lamp filled. I'm praying for God to convict you. I'm praying for him to deal with your heart. I, he's dealing with mine. This isn't a prayer I pray for you, and I'm like, oh, give me all the blessings, Lord. No. And so this is going to be much part of our year. So I just wanted to share that. Don't run from conviction. Thank you, Lonnie, for everything you've done. He has done so much. Thank you so much. I truly, truly appreciate man of God you are. So, and the way you walk. So, I. 
let's hear for Chad, and then you can if you. Then we can't. We we can do that before, but. You could do this. I'm going to try to get through it. Um, I'm just super overwhelmed right now with the presence of God. I mean, even just during worship, I was shaking. Um, and this whole week, and actually I was thinking about it sitting here about what Matt said last night. I almost feel like I should take my shoes off right now because we are on holy ground. I believe that because we are. Um, all week, this week, I mean, it's just such a precious time. All I kept hearing was family, community, um, and just what a time for us to be able to bless one another and reach out, just love on one another and reconnect. Um, and part of me for that reconnection was, you know, Seth and Betty, um, you know, just all the ministries that I haven't seen in a while, plus everyone else here because we're family. Um, and this is a community our community, part of our family, especially in Christ. Um, but two things I want to share, and the first is is um, the reconnection part. I have been so blessed. Where's Ben? Ben. No, Ben. Come here for a sec, brother. Um, this brother has blessed me this week, just watching you. And I want to tell you, I love you, I respect you, and I am so proud of you, brother. God is all over you. Don't let it go. I love you. Um, this morning, I was outside having my coffee, and I was thinking about all the ministries, and I'm like, man, you know, when uh, Roy and Susie left the other night, I woke up the next morning, I'm like, I'm going to miss them so much. And this morning I'm out and I'm praying and just thinking about everybody and Betty and Matt and just everybody and how much I was going to miss them. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I was like, Lord, I'm going to miss them so much. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, how do you think Lonnie and Kathy feel? And you guys have always been about family and community. And I just want to tell you how much I love you and to honor you and respect you and thank you so much for everything. I love you both. Amen. Well, because we've asserted for so many years, I, you just need to know how much we value you. Because uh, we've been destined to we've been destined to be the life life to others and it couldn't happen without you each and every one of you because you've really loved one another well you really have you love those that have come and so I'm going to put a smile on my face so we don't get too emotional here but we're going to go next door we're going to have a roast beef supper we keep calling things the wrong names at least I do so I, I, they look they let me know pot roast, seppa, seppa. But uh, we're going to go over there and gather. We may have some of the people from the Baptist church, the First Baptist, because we invited them to come. 
And so little did we know that uh, one of Ben's Mimi's attends that church, and she apparently is a very good vocal person because they didn't recognize the email that we sent out, so I guess she's a better communicator than email. So we might find some more people more people at our lunch, so make sure that you fellowship with them. Hang on, Val. But also um, what we'd like to do is break down all the tables after. So anybody that would like to help us, because they're all round tables and it's pretty easy to move all that stuff, but many hands make light work. And so that's something that we're hoping to be able to do. And so Val, yes, ma'am. Yes. What has happened is, is that they had their church burned down, and they uh, had estimates on their building, and they got probably uh, not quite halfway through it, and the estimate was off by over a million dollars. So they couldn't get a CO. So what they're trying to do is get a portion of it, just the main sanctuary, if you will, so they can start meeting again. They've been going to senior. No, what we're going to do is let you do that individually, okay? If the Lord leads us, because we're this is going to be an opportunity to build relationship, because we know one of the members really, really well. He happens to be our attorney, and so a very tender family. But what's hoping, what they're hoping to take place is because they couldn't go to the senior settings, they couldn't go to the high school because of COVID. So because we have a, a CO for 100 people in our upper part of the building, uh, Steve asked me, he says, is there any way that we can use this? Their, their fellowship is a little bit older, so the use of an elevator is really, really helpful. And so they wanted someplace consistent. So when we go over, you'll see the chairs that are set up. That's where they meet on, they meet on Sunday morning. But somebody told me uh, that they were over there. Oh, it was, she was over there today helping Chris prepare. And they were preparing their worship for the Waymaker. So I think that I think them being in the building as the first Baptist church, I think they're being influenced by the Holy Spirit, and I don't think they even really know that. You know what I'm saying? And then Steve asked me, because we gave him a little area to be able to set up so they don't have to take stuff home. Yeah. And so he said, listen, we have now a new assistant pastor, and he would like us to bring in the keyboard and some speakers. So you know what? I wouldn't be surprised the First Baptist doesn't just get filled with the Holy Ghost and the powerful and mighty word. Amen? have a combination service. We haven't told any of you, but we're praying for that, that we all get together and worship together on a Sunday. Yes, brother. Come on. Yeah, yeah. This is so precious. We're going to miss you all. We just thank you all. They're still serving because they're going to be serving at this dinner tonight. Thank you so much for every one of you, everything. We, it, the list is too long to talk about it, but here. Um, two weekends ago, I had the girls. We went to the park right down from our house, and we meet this family, husband, wife, kids, just talking to them. And he's like, oh, we just moved here yesterday. I'm like, really, from where? He said, from Massachusetts. And I said, well, what brought you up? He said, well, I'm the new pastor at the church right there. And his name's Ryan, and him and I have been texting. And he wants to like get together and do dinner, and so I met him. Just, just by chance, right? Just by chance. Well, Father, we bless the food that's already been prepared. We're going to do it after the service, after after we release. 
Father, we pray for all the hands that have prepared, Father, that food. Father, we know that your presence has already filled that building. So as we go over, Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit, the principal Jesus, as we break bread, do something on the innermost part of all of our relationships. People loved to sit and break bread with you, Jesus. So Jesus, break bread with us as we go over. Reveal yourself in and through us and every person that's there. Not let one person leave, not touched by your presence. Father, if there's a hardened of heart, if they don't believe in the Holy Spirit, if there's things within their lives that have caused scars and they have these walls up to you, Holy Spirit, you can go beyond walls. You are the healer. You can mend hearts. Holy Spirit, you're the power of God. You can come upon them and they can all be speaking in tongues while they're eating their pot roast dinner. I know there's so much that could be. Come on. I know there's so much that could be said, but I really want to be able to both respect our time, but also for what needs to be accomplished over there. So we love all the ministries. Seth, Samuel was just absolutely awesome. I'm going to go to the dollar store. Come on. I'm going to go to the dollar store, and I'm going to get me one of those rubber ducks. Amen. It's a chicken. Or a chicken. I'm going to get me a rubber I'll get rubber chicken. And I'm going to remember the jokes. So I'll, maybe on Sunday mornings I'll start telling jokes and have my rubber chicken. Amen. Oh, yes, in the back, it, on the table in a box, there's pieces of wood that were over at the building, and Belinda has made crosses and other things. So make sure you take something home as a deposit. And then is, is JC in here? JC, if you would help me, if you could load up two or three boxes of food for Brian, whatever whatever we have, cans, boxes, freezer, whatever you could do for me. And if, we, if you can't get it all in your car, Brian, then we'll bring it over to your house. Okay? Because this has probably been some of the most extreme months. He's dealing with a number of processes of God healing from cancer and all these different things. And one thing that he doesn't have in his home is food. And so if you would just make sure that that takes place for him. Just love on him. Anything else, Jason? Sanitize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Would you just... Uh, Oh, come on, Bella, yeah. We were so blessed by that dance and the secret that we kept redeeming. Let me tell you, I just, you know, I just... I told you how blessed she was going to be. Jesus is the best. Hallelujah. But I would like you just to really uh, just extend your hand to JC and, and all of our food outreach workers. They labor, they labor all week long, including the weekends. It isn't just what you see on a Sunday or a Saturday. So, Father, I thank you for the commitment of all of those food outreach workers. I thank you, Father, for every single person. 
Empower them with the divine health that allows them to be sustained in the strength of who you are and the relationships that they continue to carry your life into the lives of all of those that come to them. For what they're asking for is food, but they're really coming for that relationship with you. So we bless you, JC, in Jesus' name. Raymond and Peggy, that's right. They're, 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 no, sir. Stand, stand up, Raymond. Stand up, Raymond. Come on, stand up. Peggy, put your hand towards them. Come on, come on. Father, we just thank you. Father, their commitment, their love for you, their love for the people. Father, they go far beyond that which is even asked of them because it's in their heart. Strengthen them too, Father, especially Raymond's meatballs. Father, we ask you just to continue to bless him in Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. Amen.